The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Gabriela Santiago Romero. Present. Councilman Mary Walters. Present. Councilman Angela Whitfield Calloway. Good morning and present. Councilman McCole Mignon II. Here. Council President Pro Tems James Tate. Here. And Council President Mary Sheffield. Present. You have a quorum present, Madam President. All right, there being a quorum, we are now in session. I know Member Durha said he would be running about five to ten minutes behind. Uh, we will go straight into our invocation for this morning. And we have joining us Pastor Barry from Church of the Messiah. Good morning, Reverend Barry. Good morning, Council President. How are you? And how are how is everybody here? Great. Thank you so much for being with us, Reverend Barry. Thank you. And the floor is yours. You can... Um, Start us off with our invocation this morning. All right. Thank you so much. So I bring you greetings from Church of the Messiah, located in the Island View community on the east side of Detroit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Your word says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You didn't tell us how this day had to be, but you did tell us to rejoice. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bless our city council members and to bless all of our city officials. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bless all of those who serve our great city and to keep them as the apple of your eye. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to also bless all the citizens of this great city. Lord, build us up where we're torn down. Heal us where we hurt. Direct us in the way that we should go and the path that we should go. Bless us to be that shining city on a hill where all can see our faith and hope in you. And we will give you all the honor and the glory. All this we ask in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Barry. We appreciate you and all the amazing work that you do uh, throughout the city of Detroit. I know yesterday you held uh, a beautiful MLK event at your church. Um, and just always active in the community. So we appreciate your support in your ministry um, that you are always doing throughout the city of Detroit, Reverend Barry. So thank you for blessing us this morning. I do understand that you may have to jump off, but mm -hmm. please feel free to hang on as long as you can. Thank you so much. And Reverend Barry, do you have yes. a gun violence rally that is forthcoming that we should be made aware of? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we have a press conference tomorrow um, for gun violence. I'm with an organization called In Gun Violence Michigan. And tomorrow we will take a day of action and all across the state in Detroit, Lansing, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Saginaw, Oxford, and even in uh, Marquette. We're going to be hosting uh, rallies talking about a day of action where we hope to encourage our new legislature to work on bills for uh, common sense gun laws in the state of Michigan. So uh, the event is gonna be held at Church of Messiah in Detroit, um, but they're gonna be held all across the state in those cities that I named at noon. And of course, you know, we have a um, gun violence rally called Silence the Violence. It will be June 3rd this yes. year 
uh, last year you participated yes. as well as many um, people on this panel or um, on the city council. And we had well over a thousand people show yes, up. Yes, so yes. this year we expect it to be bigger and better than it was last year. We will continue to work, do the work to eradicate gun violence in the city of Detroit. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Reverend Barry, especially in the space of gun violence. I know uh, Chairman Durhaw, who chairs the Gun Violence Task Force, is going to be present. I know I think Pro Tem Tate, uh, probably along with several members, will be uh, there to support uh, the initiative around gun violence. So we appreciate you. And uh, Council Member Young would like to make a comment as well. Yes. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, Pastor Randolph, always a pleasure. Good to see you, sir. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for hosting the uh, Fire Department Awards. Uh, I think it was about 65 firefighters uh, yesterday for the fire that they fought over there on Lafayette. That's right around the corner from my house. So I just want to say thank you so much for doing that, and I appreciate you and appreciate all the work that you guys do at the Church of Messiah. Thank you so much. And they were our heroes that day. So we got uh, great people in the city. And sometimes we always hear when things go wrong, but we don't sometimes celebrate when things go right. So it, it's, it was just really wonderful to take the time out to celebrate them for the brave work that they did. All right. Thank you so much, Reverend Barry. We appreciate your Thank time you. and we'll see you very soon. Thank, Thank you. you so much for the invocation. All right. The clerk will note we also have been joined by member Durha. And before we move forward, we have our corporation council uh, joining us this morning, who's going to give us a very brief, quick update on the status of uh, right to counsel. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Madam President, Conrad Mallet, Corporation Council, and Happy New Year. Same to you. So um, I received a phone call from the council president this morning asking for a quick update on uh, RTC. Uh, and really, it's my pleasure, and I probably should have come sooner, uh, just to make sure that this honorable body was aware of how much progress we've actually made. So we've been working on the RTC contract since the first week in December. We sent our first draft over to UCHC December the 12th. We met with UCHC December the 26th. We met internally January the 5th. We met internally, internally again January the 12th and sent a second draft over to UCHC January the 13th. We met again with UCHC January the, excuse me, January the 16th and we're scheduled to meet internally January the 19th with UCHC uh, and all of those persons, Madam President and the council members who are associated with the invoice submittal payment process and we intend to get to UCHC a final uh, contract suitable for signing with their agreement by Friday or latest by Monday the 23rd. In any case, we expect to have the contract submitted to this honorable body for review and process that same week. Uh, and I just want to uh, remind the council it probably uh, slipped past very quickly during the uh, uh, holidays uh, that we do have in place our executive director for the Office of Eviction Defense, April Faith Shaker. She's assisted by a young man by the name of Dylan Adrine. Uh, and I just want to also say that once the contract is signed, there is going to be no start-up time. We are going to follow, per the contract, the same intake process that UCHC uses now. So we're going to be able to, to immediately <coughs> supplement the resources that they currently have at their disposal 
Uh, and we really do think that as we build forward, we're going to be able to uh, 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 really uh, uh, have no gap in terms of uh, service availability. Uh, the key is to make sure that UCHC does not, because they're going to be hiring, if this uh, uh, body remembers, they're going to be hiring three subcontractors. That process is complicated because the subcontractors will be submitting to UCHC their invoices. Those invoices need to be correct. What UCHC then collectively submits to the city of Detroit has to be uh, correct as well. What we don't want is UCAC to have to go borrow money in order to pay uh, the sub-vendors that they've got. We really do think, uh, Council President, that this process has been very uh, interactive. Uh, we've been, it, this has really been a good partnership. There's no lack of enthusiasm on the part of the administration for uh, RTC. Uh, as you all know, UH, UCHC has been a long-time trusted partner of the city of Detroit, so this has not been difficult, but it has been complex. Uh, spending this ARP dollars appropriately, correctly, based on uh, Treasury Department rules and regulations has to be done carefully. Uh, that's what we're doing, and we're doing it, Madam President, in the front, so we don't have any uh, uh, complications uh, as we go through Right. Thank you so much for that update. And then also, if you can just speak to our conversation that we had regarding this body's request for additional funding uh, to be allocated to fully fund the right to counsel ordinance. So, Madam President, I, here's what I think the, the, the ordinance, as you all know, uh, requires a regular uh, update from the executive director from the Office of Eviction Defense. You are going to have in your hands in the first 60 days that we are operational data that you actually can speak to that will indicate uh, uh, directly based on clients served whether or not the need that's present is being met. Uh, I really do think that armed with that data, conversations with the administration about more dollars dedicated to this particular task are going to be much more substantive than they would be otherwise. Uh, there's no question uh, Ted Phillips reminded us again yesterday in the conversation that we had that eviction uh, uh, filings are, are back to 2019 pre-COVID levels. Uh, so we have issues in front of us that need to be dealt with. Uh, part of what we want to do based on the ordinance that was passed is get you the data as policymakers you need uh, to decide what the best pro process is going forward. Great. Thank you so much. I just wanted um, the opportunity for the public to hear that update. I do know that uh, there is a discussion that will be set in the Budget Finance and Audit <clears throat> Committee by Chairman Durha in the coming weeks as well to have a more thorough discussion. But I just wanted the public to hear an update on where we were to date with the implementation of the ordinance. Um, yes, Member Calloway. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. And good morning, um, Mr. Mallett. How are you? Morning. Um, how was Ms. Shaker um, selected? Was there a pool um, that you chose? Because I didn't see any names. I don't know if we um, even had an opportunity to even look at her background. But what is, what's her experience with landlord and tenant here in Detroit in our 36th District Court, which is pretty unique? And does she know any of the judges? Has she had any experience with that particular clientele, which is African American, predominantly 
African-American women with children. I would like to know her experience. Right. So April Faye Shaker comes to us from Harvard. She is living uh, in the city of Detroit and has been almost uh, a council person Callaway for the last year. She is, uh, this is her area of expertise. She's an attorney. She's licensed in the state of Massachusetts. She has done eviction uh, defense work all over the United States. Uh, the, we had 19 persons uh, apply for the position. Uh, uh, Ms. Faith Shaker, we thought, was uh, really, really uniquely qualified to do this work. Her experience working with courts, her experience working with judges, her experience working with nonprofit entities like UCHC is almost a decade long. Uh, so we're very excited uh, to have her. Dylan comes to us from the city of Detroit. He is out of the lean management uh, department under uh, Miss uh, Cindy Noe. Uh, he's an expert at process improvement. One of the things that we were interested in with Dylan and April is working with 36D to improve that delivery process so that we could come back to this body and explain what we've done to serve more clients based on the available dollars that we have. Uh, Dylan is going to be, is a part now of the process in terms of making sure that the invoice process that I just described, in fact, meets everyone's expectations. April will be working with me in the front with uh, 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 Chief Judge uh, Bill McConaughey and his team. So, what we what what we really do have, uh, Councilperson Callaway, is a person who knows how to manage these issues with very large populations. She's worked in Houston, she's worked in New York, she's worked in uh, uh, Los Angeles, uh, she's worked in Boston. Uh, this is a person of uh, really, really great experience. There are management responsibilities associated with getting these cases appropriately dealt with. Um, meeting the judges, McCon Judge McConaughey has been in full embrace of our effort to do this work appropriately. So uh, I really do think that the team that we have is one that's going to be quite effective. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I also recommend that they reach out to, um, well, now the Honorable Sean Jacquet. He was the lead uh, attorney on most of these land, I think 100% of the landlord and tenant cases. My staff have been working closely with him. As a matter of fact, he used to report to um, my staff attorney, Peter Rhodes. I would hope that they would reach out to Sean Jacquet in the 36th District Court because he has a wealth of knowledge. Um, so she's not licensed to practice law in Michigan, sir? She is not licensed to practice law in Michigan. Okay. Okay. No other further questions for me. Thank you, Mr. Mallet. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Thank you, Member Calloway. All right. Thank you so much thank for you. being here at the last minute Corporation Council. We appreciate you and looking forward to the continued discussion. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank Thanks so much. All right. We're going to now cut off our uh, public comment. Public comment is now cut off, and we will proceed back to our agenda. The journal of the session of Tuesday, November the 22nd will be approved. There being no reconsiderations or unfinished business, we will proceed to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. For the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. Two reports from various city departments. The two reports will be referred to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. For the Internal Operations Standing Committee. Seven reports from various city departments. 
The seven reports will be referred to the Internal Operations Standing Committee for the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. Four reports from various city departments. The four reports will be referred to the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee for the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. 17 reports from various city departments. The 17 reports will be referred to the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee for the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. 33 reports from various city departments. The 33 reports will be referred to the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. We will now move to the voting action matters under other matters. There are no items, Madam President. Under communications from the mayor and other governmental officials and agencies. There are no items, Madam President. All right, we will call for our general public comment. And how many hands, uh, Paris, do we have? Mm -hmm. Okay, so everyone will have two minutes for public comment. Malik Shelton, you can start off, followed by Mr. Kenneth Holloway, followed by Roma, uh, Ramon Jackson. Good morning. I'm Malik Shelton. You have before you, uh, Council, data which explains very precisely the limited tax general obligation capital improvement bonds that were issued under the Duggan administration. It has the dated dates and the amounts. These bonds, pursuant to the Michigan Revised Finance Act, before they are proposed and issued, a notice of intent to issue them as well as the right for the residents and taxpayers to have a referendum to petition against them in the form of a referendum must be published in a newspaper of wide circulation, general circulation like the Detroit News and Free Press. Those notices were not provided to the residents and taxpayers who have to pay back every red cent of those bonds plus interest over the next 10, 20, 30, or perhaps even 40 years. President Sheffield, you asked for it in writing, you have it. Another issue, the unlawful use of neighborhood improvement unlimited tax general obligation bonds to finance a city department. You cannot use unlimited tax general obligation fund bonds that are earmarked for, for specific purposes and projects for a city department to pay the employees their health care, their vacation, their dental, uh, and so forth. Miscellaneous expenses, you cannot do that. The only way that you can do that is if whatever the work that those employees is doing is directly and not incidentally tied to that demolition work or that capital improvement work or the securing of those homes. Other than that, that's illegal. President Mary Sheffield, you also have a document uh, about that situation in front of you. If you would, you can give copies to the rest of the council persons. Mr. Shelton and all of my colleagues all have copies as well. Thank you. It's not going away until we get an answer. Yep, we will make sure that we forward it over um, to LPD to make sure there's an, a formal response as well. Mr. Holloway? Uh, good morning, uh, City Council. Um, I was uh, happy to hear that uh, Ms. Johnson, City Council Johnson, and uh, uh, Mary Waters and Ms. Callaway had on their agenda the other day about the Chrysler deal over there. I appreciate that. 
but we got a long way to go with Chrysler because we're not receiving no money from over there, you know. And I'm going to keep beating this drum and beating it until we get something done over there in our community because they moved over there and brought a lot of problems for us. We we, we was uh, supposed to have homes towed down in the first phase over there. They towed down maybe about four houses, and they still have a lot of them on that street. You know, Duggan uh, promised us this and promised us that and, uh, and, and never came through with a lot of stuff. And like I said before, the way we can uh, stop a lot of that, the city councils can hold up money from Duggan, contracts and everything, until they start doing something in our community. We understand about downtown, but we, we, we stayed here when everybody, a lot of people left. And now we catching it, just trying to get something done in our community. I appreciate it if y'all city council work together with the three that I named about that them fumes over there and get us some money to insulate our uh, upgrade our furnace and our chimney. I haven't got a dime. Let it be on the record. They haven't gave me a dime over there, and I'm in a two dwelling. They told us when we uh, uh when we went to the meetings, and I went to every meeting. They told us that uh they was gonna give us fifteen thousand a dwelling. Well, I'm in a two dwelling. They only, they only gave me half. What about my other uh, dwelling that I'm paying taxes and, and bills and everything on? So I appreciate it if you guys work together. And thank you for uh, listening. Thank you. And we mm. will continue to work with your um, representative and then also try to schedule a public update before city council as well um, on that particular project as well. So thank you, Mr. Right. Holloway. Okay. Um, Mr. Ramon Jackson. Following up to um, what Brother Kenny just stated, in 2018, the council unanimously passed an unlimited tax general obligation bond. The bond was supposed to have been voter approved. It was no election in 2018. Now, they're alleging that they relied on the voters from 2004 in order to give them permission. Mary Sheffield, you... Castellano Lopez and Brenda Jones, y'all approved the bond, but y'all didn't approve the Chrysler expansion because that was illegal. That historical expansion was supposed to went to the ballot. The voters in 04 and 09 never, ever approved a historical expansion of Chrysler. So now you have the effect of a cause. The cause is they issued an illegal bond and gave up hundreds of acres of city land to a multi-billion dollar company without this going on the election. So this, you got the results of brothers like Ken and all the other neighbors that's bearing a burden with environmental issues. So to rectify that problem, you can stop the payment on that illegal bond. That's a payment and it's illegal. It posted went to the voters. No voters in 04 voted on that bond nor 09. Now, this sister, Alicia, she has a, a, a um, transportation company. It's many people in this city with transportation companies. Y'all have issues with um, our handicap getting transportation. The funding is inadequate. That's why the quality of services is not right. That's for real. If you're going to improve that quality, you have to, a service, you have to give that more funding. That's just plain and simple. And they have contractors here, right here in the city, been here, that can be doing that besides going outside the state or the city. 
That's all I have to say. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Jackson. And Miss Alicia? My name is Alicia Goodlow Young, and I'm with Metro Mobility Transportation Company. I am here to introduce our company to you guys. We have been in business since 1995, and we've been transporting, and we value our company upon having a pleasant transportation experience. And our job is we treat people like our family when we transport them. And we make sure they get to their appointments on time, and we make sure that they actually have appointments, because sometimes they're elderly people, and they don't remember if they have an appointment or not. We stay with them if it's an hour or so, and then we make sure they get back to their, rep their home, because sometimes these people have dialysis or chemotherapy treatments, and they don't need to sit no more than 20 minutes to get back to where they are because they're already under distress. So we try our best to make it a pleasant riding experience. And we've been doing this, we've been under the radar. So now it's time for us people to know who we are. So that's all, you received the gift from me to let us know who you, let you know who we are. And that's all I wanna say. Thank you for your patience and listening to us. I look forward to trying to do some business with you guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And we appreciate you coming down to introduce yourself. You know, it's, all, it's good to see that there are businesses here uh, that can provide the services that oftentimes we're told we don't have those particular businesses in our city. And so I want to make sure that you are connected to the Office of uh, Procurement. Have you had the opportunity to meet with Tony Limit or anyone from the Procurement Department to make sure that you are in our system so that you can bid on contracts and opportunities that are available? Yes, I have been, and okay. I am on your system, so you can look us up. We are on the radar. Okay. All right, great. Thank so you. So we'll make sure we keep an eye out on your company, Metro Mobility, yes. and wish you the absolute best, and, and we'll love to support you in any way that we can. Thanks. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Jay Jurgensen, followed by Bob Carmack, followed by Mr. Overwith. <clears throat> Good morning, Council. Uh, belated Happy New Year. Um, it's nice to see you all. I'm proud to say that we're nine for nine. I've briefed all of you now. Uh, Councilwoman uh, Calloway spent, what, a good two hours with us, I think, on Friday. Um, we got way more of her time than I think we should have, and I think she learned a lot, so we were glad to have you on the call last week. Um, I'm uh, humbled by the energy that uh, my community has engaged in over the last 12 months, almost 19 months actually. Um, you all should have received an email blast from us last week. Um, that email went out to over 900 stakeholders, not only in the local area, but throughout the country, people who are watching what we're doing. And we're proud about the Detroit Free Press article in November of last year. If you go to the Jefferson Chalmers Water Project website, waterproject.org, um, it is a very robust website. We have built it out. Everything that you need to know about what we're doing is there. Uh, the Free Press article, all the media we received, the Army Corps report that put us in the flood, that looked at the floodplain, and so on. Um, I do want to talk about, we've got our first community meeting coming up uh, this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. There will be a virtual option, and you can, con you can connect to the virtual option on our website. We are also proud to announce our first grant with uh, Freshwater Future, a national organization based in Petoskey. We will be using their Flood Focus app to geocode flooding problems in our neighborhood. I want to be really clear, there's been some messaging recently that we chose to be in a floodplain. That is absolutely not true. We did not choose to 
put ourselves in the floodplain, um, and I believe that the administration was asleep at the wheel when that happened last year. There are strategies and efforts that can be made to take us out of the floodplain, and we believe it's incumbent upon um, the city to help that happen. I also want to draw attention to the CDBGDR, the $58 million that is coming to the city for the first time. $10 million of those funds were set aside for flood protection, and they were removed from the final budget when it was submitted to HUD, and we're still waiting to hear what happened to those mon that money. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Carmack? Yeah, my name is Bob Carmack. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I uh, just served the mayor of Detroit with a subpoena. He will be deposed next week for public corruption, for false charges, for bringing charges falsely and filing a civil lawsuit on me. I'm going to depose him first, and then I will serve subpoenas to all of you. Nobody wants to help me. No one wants to do anything for me. I'll subpoena you. This lawsuit that I filed the subpoena is a lawsuit from the city against me. My criminal charges were dropped, but the city was suing me. They have no witnesses, no documentation, nothing. So they got a civil lawsuit against me without any documentation. Lawrence Garcia said that he knew nothing. Doug Baker said he knew nothing. Chuck Ramey said he knew nothing. These people all been deposed and talked to. Lawrence Garcia, uh, Bruce Gomez said he knows nothing. Chidi Nietzsche says he knows nothing. So if everybody knows nothing, how do I get charged with a crime? Well, the mayor's the boss over all these people. He said that I had to work at the bottom up. Well, I worked all the way up. He did a press conference, said I stole property, that I didn't pay for it, that he knew I did that. He's live on TV stating this. Well, guess what? He's going to have to come, be deposed, and tell us how he knew that information. And he doesn't have an answer. He lied to the people of Detroit. He brought criminal charges on me because I caught him cheating on his wife. And he got divorced. And then he married her to keep her shut up about all the money she got from make a date. And that's the reason why. And he's using city refunds, city lawyers to do all this stuff. You can't do that. You can't use taxpayer money to hide your uh, adultery and all that stuff. Hell, Kwame Kirkpatrick did the same thing. Look where he went. Prison. This guy should go to prison. If it happened to you, you'd be in prison. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carmack. Thank you. Mr. Overwith. One second, please. I'm kind of speechless here. I just heard a, a whole earful. Okay. Go ahead and start the cock now. Um, Everybody on council done got the emails. I've been sending them off for the last, you know, since the beginning of the year. Y'all got them all. Y'all explain. Y'all understand what gun stipplings are. Now, you cannot have a suicide without gun stipplings. That's impossibility. The laws of physics state it. And um, the fact that Kanisha Coleman, DPD case 2011112, has suicide on there with none gun stipplings, the department... And the person who did that is trying to de de deny the law of physics, which is an impossibility. Now, James E. Tate, um, you sitting up here, you've been propagandizing and um, perpetrating that you did something behind the scenes in regards to Kenesha Coleman, but, and you always hold yourself out to be holier than thou. Well, I got off the phone this morning with her six-year-old daughter, 
She wants the Detroit Police Department and the city of Detroit to stop saying her mama killed herself. Her request is a valid, legitimate request, and I don't think it's a problem. It shouldn't be a problem with it being honored. She didn't kill herself. She could not have committed suicide, according to the laws of physics. Now, we got people like David Whitaker, Irvin Corley, Marcel Todd, Conrad Mallet, James E. Tate, James E. White, James E. Craig, Derek May, that don't believe that um, the laws of physics are an absolute. You cannot have a suicide without gun stippling on the entry wound. Not a suicide by gun. It's an impossibility. So with that being said, now the city council needs to do something to, to correct that today. Not tomorrow, not to wait, not to thank me for my comments, but to take action on the matter, remove that tag, classification, designation, and determination of suicide of Kenesha Coleman. Thank you, um, Mr. Overwith. And um, we, we're going to move to our virtual public comments. And you said you did receive something already in writing about Kenesha Coleman. This meeting. Okay, okay. Good morning, Madam President. We have nine hands that were raised before you cut off public comment. The first caller is Tahira Ahmad. Yes, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, I, I want to echo what uh, the gentleman just said. We need justice for um, Kenesha. And I, we demand a refund of our $600 million over tax by this by this administration for council to set up hearings we want hearings find and uh develop programs to pay us back find for closed homeowner owners illegally foreclosed on pay and return their homes number three we find we want find all homeowners who have been on repair lists, update those lists, and prioritize the ones who are in danger um, um, in their homes, like me. I've been asking for home repairs for 10 years, and the mayor has lied to me for 10 years, promising to help me with my home repairs. Um, start an immediate investigation, um, subpoenas. You have the power to subpoena. I want to thank uh, Reverend Dr. Joanne White. Watson, uh, a former city council member, she told me, you guys have the ability to subpoena people and you need to do your job. We the people are paying taxes for you to sit up here and listen to us every day for 10 years pleading for help with our homes. And the people who have roofing problems, we've got a billion dollars. Why aren't their roofs being fixed? They're not fixed. Every time it rains, it puts their lives in danger. We want the illegal foreclosures to stop. Stop taxing people. Stop requiring people who were illegal, illegally taxed to pay city taxes immediately. No one should pay any taxes. Reparations, Mary Sheffield. Get on your job. 
All right. Thank you. And um, again, if there are, if you have a number, uh, excuse me, if you would like to contact our office, um, we will direct you with to the appropriate uh, resource as it relates to uh, fixing your home. We have tons of programs available. And so I'm not sure if you have been plugged into any of those. Again, just please contact our office and we will direct you to the appropriate department um, and would love to assist. All right. Our next caller, please. <clears throat> Uh, the next caller is Karen Winston. Ms. Winston, good morning. Ms. Ms. Winston. All right, if we can come back to Ms. Winston, please. Okay, then the next caller is Brenda Hill. Program or there's a tax break. Um, can you hear me? We can, good morning. Good morning and happy new year to everyone. And I'd just like to say that 2023 could be a great year for this city if you all looked out for the residents more than you looked out for corporations. Uh, Dan Gilbert um, had got a $60 million uh, tax abatement last year. Uh, you all waited until before you slithered off to the summer uh, recess. And then um, the um, ADA um, transportation issue was not rectified before you slithered off to the winter uh, recess. I mean, we should not have this in a city that is rich. We have money to get everything done. All of you all who vote against the best interest of the Majority of the residents, 60% at or below poverty line, are not doing your job well. Um, there are a couple of you that talk a good game, but nothing has changed. Um, the issue over there with Chrysler uh, should not take this long to be rectified. There is a pollution issue over there, and there are still issues with folks getting the money, uh, which was... Um, so far uh, below what they should have gotten, it, uh, Chrysler is a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation, and, um, and uh, they're not helping the community, but they got what they want. We should not be having these types of conversations anymore this year. I would like everyone there to do their job, to help out the citizens more than the corporations. Um, else you'll be recalled. It is now time for folks to be recalled and they will. Be. All right, thank you, Ms. Hill. Uh, the next caller is Cunningham. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. About maybe 13 folks called the last time. Uh, listen to the messages on there, please. 313-444-9114. On Facebook, for Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, for Subservience Cunningham. And I'm glad you all were receptive to my Happy New Year. 
the first day back uh, to city council. And I really want you to have a joyous new year. There is a DDOT meeting coming up um, this week. Go to Detroit Department of Transportation on Facebook. Go to Detroit Department of Transportation on Facebook and get the link and the information you need. Um, I, I don't believe I've ever seen Councilman Tate's office there. I've never seen, I've seen Councilman Young's uh, office there twice. I've never seen Councilman Benson there. Um, his office, I haven't seen, there's a few offices I haven't seen really there at the meetings. Um, Gabriel Santiago Romero, yes. Sheffield, yes. Um, Waters, I believe, yes. But anybody under the sound of my voice at home or in powerful position, please come to the DDOT meeting. Um, currently, I have a passenger in my passenger side. We're driving to Lansing, so we're praying for traveling mercies. I'm still paying $80 a day to lease a cab from another person. I pay $80 a day. I'm still praying to get my vehicle fixed. Um, so you pray for me. I pray for you. And thanks for those who drunk a lot of water and pray. Um, I know God is working things out, even for a sinner like me. Um, I thank you all council persons. Please have a good and productive. Um, I'm coming from Romulus, going to Lansing. So safe travels for me and the passenger. And God bless. And thank you for your time. I, I concede the rest of my time. Thank you so much, Mr. Cunningham. The next caller is uh, Carol Hughes. Good morning, Honorable Body. May I speak? Yes, we can hear you. Good, uh, good morning. Good morning. May I speak? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, you received a report um, from the uh, Detroit Downtown Development Authority that seemed to be missing some figures and numbers and you received, I guess, and filed it. I'm, I'm not sure, but we really need to have them go over that. I'm not sure if we're involved in any of our, our city taxes are involved in any of this development, but they had bond numbers missing, interest, uh, outstanding, both. Um, and, and, and the report seemed to be missing a lot of data. So before you file it, and you, you really need to, to go over it. And I'm also calling about 9.3 on your agenda. It's uh, speaking about tiny home shelters. And I noticed a lot of people in the community raise some issue about these tiny homes because they don't have bathrooms, nor do they have kitchens. Um, that, that is a concern for everyone uh, to spend money on a tiny home shelter that doesn't consist of those things. And so you need to reconsider 9.3. Um, I also want to talk about you. You accepted the 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 the, um, the notes, the publication of which I have not seen for the last week meeting. You have a, a, a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars going to Livonia for um, legal matters and no fault insurance, and then I think Mr. Uh, Durhall just uh, approved seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to for printing like we can't print in the city of Detroit. Um, I, I, I see a lot of our dollars going out and I like to uh, ditto um, Malik Shelton and Mr. Ramon Jackson uh, in that um, we're it's, it's time to start subpoenaing people and finding out where our money is going. Our people are in bad shape. We've received a lot of dollars. 
I also like would like to ask you not to use AMI. I noticed on the Livonia site they used LMI for their seniors. Why are you we using AMI when Livonia makes four times the amount of money uh, that the, that Detroiters make? And our referrals uh, that will be referred to the various committees and it will not be voted on today. Um, and the other ones we will take up. All right, our next caller, please. The next caller is Karen Winston. Hello? Yes, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. Are you here, are you there? Yes, we are, are. Well good morning. Today? Ms. Winston, can you hear me? Yes, I can, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah, um, today um, I'd like to speak on um, a few things. First, I'd like to bring um, to you guys' attention the um, Plain Language Act. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's been around since 2010. And what it wants you to do, <laughs> if, you're, if federal funds are involved, federal contracts, the federal money, then it, the contracts, everything has to be in plain language. And that trickles down to you guys, too. In other words, you know, you have to steer away from uh, abbreviations like DBA and DDA and DEGC and DB, you know, CBDG, because nobody knows what that is but you. So that's not plain language. It's, it's almost intentionally confusing. So the plain, uh, plain language act forbids all that language. It's, there's instructions on what you can and cannot say, how you have to say must and not shall or can or cannot. You know, you can't leave ambiguous words. Uh, you know, for people to skip and jump rope over. That's one thing. Um, so, yeah, so we need to take care of that because you guys got a lot of those and nobody knows what they are. So we'd like to see a list of those if we could. Um, I saw uh, an article that Mike Dugan said he's taken over the MDOT responsibilities. Who pays for that? How can we do that? We need city workers in those jobs. If we want to clean trash, we can do that. We have that experience. I mean, I think our relatives are smart enough to do that, to get the trash off the freeway. Um, oh boy, there's another one. Oh, contract number 6004795 on your agenda today. It goes until 2026 for various roofs. What various roofs? We got to know what they are for a half million dollars. We can't just say uh, this money for this long and whenever they get to it or not. We got to, you know, line it out where this money is going. We just can't be ambiguous. <sighs> I got more, but I'll have to say some more a little later. Thanks. All right, thank you so much, Ms. Winston. The next caller is Karen Hammer. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, wish you a good year ahead, a happy new year. Uh, I'm calling uh, about uh, several items. Uh, on the right to counsel, regardless of the city administration's efforts, to form their team of right to counsel legal help, it hasn't been transparent to the public. What has not happened is the full funding of this initiative. ARPA money is compatible with this kind of work and should be released now, not withhold money for the future right to counsel. On the TransDev contract, uh, they obviously left blind people at the wrong places, didn't pick up people to make their appointments, including dialysis, exhibiting the bad practices and that it failed its purpose. Why didn't the city 
proposed transdev replacements at the time of council's vote. Council had no opportunity to vet providers. This does not, this seems rather shady. Regarding uh, the land of the fairgrounds, there were 14 commitments made by city council and we have requested an update on this. Uh, Sheffield, Tate and Benson of past city council agreed to these 14 commitments and we'd like to see that honored. And the last thing is the question of the um, transit. Many transit um, meetings have been held and have ignored the um, transit riders and the transit bus riders, uh, bus drivers, uh, please for expanding transit so that more Detroiters can use it. And this has been a, a, a travesty for citizens of Detroit. Thank you. All right, thank you, Ms. Hammer. And we're going to um, actually, Mr. Clark, if we can line item to planning and development, just a status of those commitments um, on the state fairgrounds and writing a response, and we can line item that for a planning and development committee. Clerk will so note. Okay. Thank and you. Madam Chair. Yes, Member thank Calloway. You. I was going to ask that, so thank you very much. Also, there's a building um, that is almost 100% um, built um, in front of the Michigan, I'm sorry, in front of the Amazon warehouse. Um, and I'd like to know what that building is. Um, I know it's supposed to be for manufacturing. Do we have a, I don't know who can answer this, but um, do we have a person who's, or a company that's going to um, use that building for manufacturing? Because it's up. It's, it's, it's practically built, maybe 80%. And um, you can barely see over the berm now because there's a mountain of dirt that um, conceals the um, the Amazon warehouse and this new building um, from public view. So I'm actually going to try to get over there and see what's going on. But it would be great if we could maybe line item that, just an update. Also with that same um, update, if we can line item what I'm asking to be line item, when are we going to have Amazon open? It was supposed to be up and running and open July 1st. It is now January, what, 16th, 17th. And um, I understand they barely have 100 people working over there. They're supposed to bring brought thousands of jobs to the city. Well, can we can we line item that conversation, Madam Chair, to the clerk? Yep. Uh, Mr. Clark, if you can note, that clerk, can be all that? under one line item. One line. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. All right. Our next caller, please. <clears throat> the next caller is you, Matter. Good morning, you matter. You matter, good morning. All right, Ari, let's come right back to you matter. Uh, in that case, the next caller is Virginia Park One. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, a couple of items. Line item 1033 when it comes to transportation and, and DTW for the landscape on 12th. Um, 
Are we also going to look at utilizing that new bike lane space for the AI that the city has signed up for? Um, that's one question. Two, I'm still waiting for bikes to be, you know, utilizing that area. I haven't seen but a couple of them since last year utilized that area that we designated and took away from travel space. Um, I still, we're still waiting for the city to come out and do whatever they need to do so that the neighbors over there off of 12 um, can get bait for the rodent concerns that they had. So it's going on a week. Um, and the next item is when will we see some development of the open space in that area, i.e. allowing the residents outside of organization to purchase land so they can beautify that area up and down uh, Claremont Avenue. If I can get some answers to those questions, um, thank you. I render back my time. All right. <clears throat> thank you so much. And we did submit um, a request, and I'm actually texting my office now uh, to get a response. And so we will call you after session regarding the bait. Um, and then as it relates to the streetscape, that contract is actually being referred to committee. And so we can submit those questions in writing and get a formal response when that actually goes to the committee for discussion. Madam Chair? Yes, see a couple um, hands. On that yes. note with the bike lanes, I have um, quite a few in my district mm -hmm. and my opinion are being underutilized. How do we determine whether or not they are being used? Because um, we have such large sidewalks in my district. My bike riders tend to use my sidewalks. We have less of a streetway and um, on the Avenue of Fashion, our sidewalks are wider than our streets over there. So how do we determine whether or not we should continue to put bike lanes in certain areas? What type of study is being done? Because in my area, and some of them, um, like down Six Mile, um, heading toward from UAD toward Ella Fitzgerald Park, um, no one's ever on those bike lanes, but it's taken up you know, sp um, space on the streets. It's just there, and a lot of them are just there. They're not being used. So what kind of study can, I guess, would it be DPW? I'm not sure um, who can do, conduct a study, just letting us know whether or not these bike lanes should be installed where they've been installed and maybe they can be um, disinstalled if there's such a thing or uninstalled. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we can line item that. I'd like some discussion on the bike lanes because we continue to install them and in my district, they're not being used. Right. So I would suggest, if you don't mind, Member Calloway, if you submit a memo with a particular area that is of your concern and ask for a DPW to provide a report on their analysis or in or their research that they conducted for those particular bike lanes yeah. and then kind of get a formal response and then proceed from there. Yeah, because um, thank you, Madam Chair, because we are inundating the city with bike lanes and um, I don't see if they're being used. Thank you, Madam Chair, and I have my staff person okay. doing that. No problem. Thank you. thank you, Member Calloway. No, thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Uh, our next caller, please. The next caller is Renard Marshinsky. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi, good morning, Madam President. Uh, my name is Renard Mischewski. I'm an organizer with Detroit People's Platform on Transit Justice. Um, I wanted to speak to some concerns related to um, the state fairgrounds, and I echo the concerns that Karen Hammer just raised in terms of the 14 um, sort of commitments that um, this project was supposed to be memorialized and um, done short of a community benefit agreement. Also, the status of the state fairgrounds transit center. I know that's more of a question for DDOT, but I want to be on the record and raising that in city council because um, I want to be on record in stating that uh, when 
this transfer to this temporary shelter or area offered state fairgrounds was done. It angered a lot of people and was hastily done and poorly communicated. And this year we need to do better in terms of our city communicating uh, detours and other issues to our residents, which brings me to my point. Um, the I-375 um, is going to be going away as part of the federal government's reconnecting communities. Um, and this is part and parcel due to the historical um, intent behind I-375. It was meant to destroy Black Bottom, Paradise Valley, which was a thriving, um, beautiful Black community. It was um, an emblematic of Detroit's culture and history, and it was erased with this freeway. What is the city council's role in this? Um, also DDOT's role um, in terms of informing the public. I'm really concerned about the detours that will happen to eastbound routes that are going eastbound and also through downtown as well. Um, this has the potential to create detours or reroutes for Jefferson, Gratiot, Shane, Lafayette, and I'm probably missing another route um, as well. So we just need some more information as the public about uh, um, this project as it starts to affect our city. And um, I also, yeah, thank you. That's be the rest of my. All right, thank you so much, Bernard. And I know that there are going to be more forthcoming um, community engagement meetings regarding that project. Uh, things will have to come before city council, and that will also be an opportunity for the community to be engaged. Uh, as well. And so we have not received anything to date, any requests before council, but we'll make sure that we definitely keep you uh, abreast of that project as well. All right, our next uh, caller, please. Uh, the last caller who raised their hand before you put, cut off public comment is you, Matter. I'm sure you did. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Oops, I can't see the clock. Hold on. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, first of all, the way Bob Carmack is being treated is absolutely despicable. And it says a whole lot of negative things about this administration, especially the mayor's office and the Corporation Council, which is supposed to be defending our rights, not protecting violators of our rights. Um, with all the nuisance abatement that the land bank and the mayor does, what the bit a huger nuisance than anybody's little vacant home is the Stellantis plant. Please, why are you allowing this environmental racism to go by? Also, on 7.4 in the referral agenda, if that is the Revere Jack Revere cookware collapse, this the people absolutely need to know what is going on in that situation. By the time that 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 site collapsed into the river, it is very possible that radioactive contaminated soil went into the southern intake pipe. We the people still have not heard an update, a reliable update about what that situation is. And there's no way in the world that this city should be settling a lawsuit with these people without us knowing what it is. Also, the police have been terrible and following up on major crime, property crimes. No wonder people leave the city of Detroit. Also, with the overtaxation, as I stated again, uh, the election results show the Dems control Lansing, so there is no excuse to not fix the overtaxation problem, which leads me into the situation of people's poor mental health in this city. 
There is so much untreated trauma walking around the city. It is a waste of ARPA, men to, ARPA money to blow $100 million on demolitions when we've had, we, our people need the help. We need to hire tutors to help the kids that are very behind. And we need some serious, serious, serious mental health attention to our young people, or we're never going to stop the violence and we'll have another. All right. Thank you, Ms. Warwick. And Ari, was that our last caller? Uh, that was, Madam President. Right. You have no more online callers. All right. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for calling in and also coming down. That will now conclude our public comment. And we will proceed back to our agenda. Understanding Committee reports for the Budget Finance and Audit Standing Committee from the Office of the Assessor. Council Member Durhall, two resolutions, line items 16.1 and 16.2. Council Member Durhall. <clears throat> Thank you, Madam President. I will take these separately because they're two, or take them together because they're uh, together pilots today. Uh, I move for approval for chapter, I'm sorry, for line items 16.1 and 16.2. 16.1 uh, is a pilot for 10201. Uh, Woodward 4% Limited Dividend Housing Association payment in lieu of taxes. Uh, this uh, is a two-unit structure for the Cathedral Arts Apartments condominium. Uh, unit 2 consists of tw 27 apartments in the area bounded by Calvert on the north, Woodward on the east, Glencourt on the south, and second on the west. This project will include 27 two-bath two-bed, one-bath, 785-square-foot apartments. The site also includes on the first floor Woodward facing uh, a 6,700-square-feet of commercial space, uh, which will be used as a sacred art museum and exhibit space. Uh, I move for approval for line items 16.1 and 16.2. Right, motion has been made. Any discussion? Hearing none and hearing no objections, those two resolutions will be approved. Request a waiver for line item 16.1 and 16.2, Madam President. All right. Waiver has been requested. Any objections? Hearing none, that motion is approved. For the Internal Operations Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are three contracts up for a vote today from the Internal Operations Standing Committee. First up, we have contract number 600-1798, city funding, amendment number five, to provide an increase of funds and amend scope for trial litigation services as conflict counsel for Sergeant Raytheon Martin, police officer Michael Mosley, uh, contractors Rutledge, Mannion, Robo, Terry, and Thomas PC, total contract amount $730,000, and this contract is for the law department. The next contract is contract number 600-4768, city funding to provide IT service management solutions with the current Cherwell system, which will support design and configuration services to include tracking IT assets, record computer and phone-related services for various City of Detroit departments. Contract is Avante Solutions, Inc., total contract amount $1,500,000, and this contract is for DOIT. The last contract is contract number 600301, 100% city funding, amendment number one, to provide an increase of funds only for additional custom procurement features for the Oracle Cloud System. Contractors Applications Software Technology, LLC. Total contract amount, $3,046,226, and this contract is for do it as well. 
Council Member Johnson, three resolutions, line items 17.1 through 17.3. Thank you, Council Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 17.1 through 17.3. Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Objection. Yes, Member Young. Line item 17.1. The clerk will note. Clerk will so note. Madam Chair. Yes, Member Can you show me as a note on 17.1 and um, 17.3. Clerk will so no. Any other objections? I'm sorry, that was Councilmember Callaway for the clerk. Okay. Any other objections? Hearing. Do, do, I, do I need to say Councilman Young or are you, you Councilman Young for the clerk? I'm sorry. You can. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I don't need. I just, I just, I, I made, I, I made the assumption. That's my bad. Okay. You know what happens when you assume. All right. I'm good. I get it. Thank you. Hearing no other objections, the three resolutions will be approved. From the law department. Council Member Johnson, 23 resolutions, line items 17.4 through 17.26, noting that line items 17.5 through 17.8 were reported out of committee without recommendation. Council Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I'd like to break these up. Okay. I'd like to uh, make a motion on line item 17.4. Um, which is a lawsuit settlement request. Uh, move that for approval. Motion has been made for 17.4. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that one resolution will be approved. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I'd like to make a motion to send line item 17.5, 17.6, and 17.8 back to committee. Uh, these are various lawsuit, or I'm sorry, legal representation and indemnification requests. They're all tied to one situation, but one of the line items, line item 17.6, was scheduled, was set to be rescheduled for a closed session, but we have not held that closed <coughs> session at this point. Okay, Member Johnson, you said 17.5, 6, and, and 8. And 8. Okay, thank you. A uh, motion has been made to send those back to committee. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that action will be taken. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Um, move for approval on line item 17.7. This was a closed session that was held before recess. All right. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections to 17.7? Objection. Objection. All right, we can um, start with my left, Member Johnson. Objection. Member Santiago Romero. Objection. Member Young. Objection. And if you can show Council President as a no. Pro Tem Tate. No, Council President Pro Tem Tate. No, Waters. No, Council Member Benson. No, Council Member Callaway. No. Madam President, line no item. No council member Durhaw. so no. Madam President, line item 17.7 fails. All right. That resolution or that motion uh, fails. Uh, member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 17.9 through 17.26. These are various lawsuit settlement requests. All right. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? 
right. Hearing none, those resolutions will be approved. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Councilmember Johnson, a resolution, line item 17.27. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 17.27, which is a request to accept and appropriate the fiscal year 2023 fair poll worker pay grant. Motion has been made. Any objections? Hearing none, that one resolution will be approved. Under resolutions. Councilmember Johnson, two resolutions, line items 17.28 and 17.29. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval uh, on line item 17.28 and 17.29. These are two uh, board appointments representing Council District 2. Madam Chair. Uh, discussion? Move for discussion? Yes. yes, Member Calloway. Thank you. Those resolutions should be in the name of Councilmember Calloway. 17.28 um, is um, our appointment of Kimberly Knott to represent District 2 on the Board of Zoning. And then for 17.29, also my resolution appointing Michelle Miel to the Property Tax Board of Review representing District 2. Thank you, Madam Chair. Member Johnson. Okay. From my understanding, it comes from the committee still. Um, it's your appointment, but it still comes from the resolution still comes on behalf of the committee chair to the full body. Okay. However, it is your appointment for District 2, but the resolution should reflect Councilmember Johnson, um, Johnson's name. Dr. Powers? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. Um, the, the, issue, the items come from committee under the name of the chair of that committee. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yes, Member Young? I just want to say to Member Calloway, they're excellent appointments, though. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So the motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, those two resolutions will be approved. And under resolutions? Councilmember Waters, three resolutions, line items 17.30 through 17.32. Noting that line item 17.30 is on behalf of Council President Sheffield. Councilmember Waters. Thank you, uh, Madam President. I move approval. All right, motion has been made for approval, and these are resolutions to support human rights, protective affordable housing to solve Detroit's eviction crisis. Uh, line item 17.31 is the establishment of a literacy task force, and line item 17.32 is the continuing of the minority business task force. Are there any objections? Madam President, discussion? Yes. Discussion. Um, just wanted to request um, if it's possible to join your resolution um, as, as, as a council. Okay, you want it on behalf of the council? Yes, I, I know that I would like to join the resolution, but I, I wonder if the rest of our colleagues would like to join as well. Okay. All right. Is there any objection to line item 17.30 being in the name of the council? All right. Hearing none, um, Mr. Clark, if you can please note. Clerk will so no. All right. Thank you. Thank you, colleagues. Thank um, you, Madam President. Thank you. Um, just one quick question, um, discussion regarding task forces. Um, not sure who would know. I just want a point of clarification. Um, I might be making things up, but is it true that for task forces we need to do annual updates or reports on the work that we're doing? If so, what does that look like? 
Yes. So I think our per council rules, there's an annual report that should be submitted to the clerk's office every year that just provides an update on the progress, actions of the task force, etc. Okay, thank you. Because we have a, a lot now, I believe, so it'd be good to know what we're doing, what that looks like, as well as for the public. I agree. Uh, and just, I'm clear though, it is to the clerk's office that should be submitted annually. Yes, ma'am, that's okay. correct. Okay. Okay, thank All you. Right. Thank you, member, council member. Yes, member Young. Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to ask a quick question uh, about um, um, 17.30. I just wanted to ask, does that also include um, technological advances as well? You know, or would you be open to like 3D printing and things of that nature in terms of affordable housing, the option? For sure. Um, this resolution does not speak to that, Member Young, but of course I'm in support of it. Okay, I just, I just want to make just, just, just curious. Yep. Thank you. I'm done. No problem. All right, motion has been made for the three resolutions. Hearing no objections, those three resolutions will be approved. And for the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are three contracts up for a vote today from the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. First up, we have contract number 6004622, 100% city funding to provide heavy duty truck repair service, labor and or parts. Contract is Interstate Truck Source, Inc. Total contract amount, $110,000. The next contract is contract number 6003695, 100% UTGO bond funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for hazardous material removal, playground installation, and relocation of utilities for the Joe Lewis Greenway project. Contract is major cement company, total contract amount $15,500,000. Last contract is contract number 6004145. 100% UTGO bond funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time only for boat lift installation and fence slash gate replacement at DFD Fireboat Station. Contract is EC Cornerfell Company, total contract amount $257,000, and all contracts are for, are for General Services Department. Councilmember Young, three resolutions, line items 18.1 through 18.3. Councilmember Young. Thank you, Madam President. I move to approve line items 18.1 through 18.3. All right, motion has been made. Uh, discussion, Member Calloway. Yeah, discussion. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, um, line item 18.2 is a amendment number one to a 15, and I just want the residents to hear this, the city of Detroit. Um, this is a $15.5 million contract to major um, cement. Um, and this is amendment number one, which is $1.5 million. We had a very robust conversation and discussion um, last week um, on the committee. And I'm going to vote yes on this, of course, but we should have some type of incentive in place where if a contractor completes their contract within the contract period, they should receive some type of I don't know, bonus, award, some type of incentive like the state of Michigan does. Because if not, this um, contract could possibly go to $25 million with three more amendments. So I'm hoping that we can look and encourage our contractors to complete their contracts on time. And a lot of times they come back to this body and say for unforeseen conditions, unforeseen circumstances, we have to amend this contract. And sometimes we're at the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh contract. And my mother would say, they're nickel and diming this city. So your original contract is $15 million. Now it's 
almost $17 million, amendment number one. So I'm just hoping, I don't know what we can do during the budget season, I don't know if it needs to come in a resolution form or ordinance, but we have to encourage our contracts. I'm not saying that they don't, but Michigan came up with a program to reward them, reward contractors if they complete their contracts within the original contractual period. So I'm hoping we can look um, at that um, possibility um, coming up during the budget season. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right, thank you, Member Calloway. Any other discussion on these particular contracts? All right, hearing none, uh, motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections to the three resolutions? Hearing none, those resolutions will be approved. Madam President, request a waiver for line items, uh, line item 18.2. 18.2, there has been a request for a waiver. Any objections? This is, this is regarding the Joe Objection. Way. Right, Member Calloway has objected, so that will not pass. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Councilmember Young, four resolutions, line items 18.4 through 18.7. Councilmember Young. Move to approve line items 18.4 through 18.7. All right, motion has been made for approval, and these are various donations and grant approvals. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the four resolutions will be approved. Madam President? Yes, Member. Uh, Santiago Romero. Um, may I request a waiver for 18.6? Waiver has been requested. Any objections? Hearing none, that motion is approved. For the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee, under unfinished business. Council Member Waters, an ordinance noting a roll call, line item 19.1 on today's agenda. Council Member Waters. All right, so. Thank you, uh, Madam President. Discussion? Um, Dr. Powers, you want us to lay oh, it on the table first? Not yet. On the table first? Okay. All right. Yep. Hey, you know, no much <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I move to take uh, from the table an ordinance to amend Chapter 22 of the 2019 Detroit City Code Housing, Article 3, Inclusionary Housing Requirements by amending Section 22-3 two definitions and add in section 22-3-10 American Rescue Plan Act and Coronavirus uh, Virus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act Fund recipient requirements. That was a mouthful. To provide for greater transparency in contracts issued by the City of Detroit laid on the table November 8, 2022. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Councilmember Waters. I move the ordinance be placed on the order of third reading and considered read. Madam Chair? Yes. Did, did the council member want to have a discussion? Okay, I thought it was after the next one. It's okay it, to do it now. She can do it now. Okay. It's on member the table. It's open now for discussion. Okay. Thank oh. you, Dr. Powers. <laughs> member Waters. All right. Thank you for keeping us on track, Dr. Powers. Um, it, so not much of a discussion. I, I just wanted to point out for the community um, that this is um, – a transparency amendment as it relates to um, to our opera dollars. Um, I know that some people called in on Thursday um, 
discussing the whole the whole AMI and so forth. But I, I, I want folks to know that we have to use what we have in front of them. They want the AMI to be changed, then they are going to have to go. And we need to all have a conversation with our congressional members so that they can make recommendations to, uh, to HUD to, uh, to change those things. So I just wanted to just say that for clarification, um, Madam President. All right. Thank you, Member Waters. Any other discussion? All right. Hearing none. Um, hearing no objections, that action will be taken. And Member Waters? So it's on third reading? Yes. All right. I move the ordinance be passed as submitted. Now it's the third, third reading. Oh, I thought I did that. All right. I move the ordinance be placed on the order of third reading and consider read. All right. Thank you. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Council Member Waters. I move the ordinance be passed as submitted. There being a roll call required, would the clerk please call the roll? Council Member Young. Yes. Council President Sheffield. Yes. Council Member Benson. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. Council Member Durhall. Yes. Council Member Johnson. Yes. Council Member Santiago Romero. Yes. Council President Pro Tem Tate. Yes. Council Member Waters. Yes. Council Member Whitfield Callaway. Yes. Nine yeas, zero nays. The ordinance is approved. Council Member Waters. Thank you, Madam President. I move the title to the ordinance be confirmed. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Thank you, Member Waters. Thank you. Under unfinished business. Council Member Durhall, an ordinance noting roll call, line item 19.2. Member Durhall. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, I move to take to the take from the table an ordinance to amend Chapter 50 of the Detroit City Code zoning by adding and changing various articles as well as sections, sections dash 50 dash 12 dash 131.1, 50 dash 12 dot or dash, I'm sorry, 295.1, 50 dash 12 dash 165, sections 50 dash 5 dash 28, 29, 30, and 31, sections 50 dash 9 dash 82, 142, 166, 167, 172, 173, sections 50 dash 10 dash 16, 22, 23, 46, 47, 52, 53, 76, 77, 82, 83, 106, 107, 112, 136, 137, and 142. Sections dash 50 dash 11 dash 117, 122, 123, 183, 243, 298, 299, and 364. Sections dash, or sections 50 dash 12 dash 69, 71, 81, 83, 84. 131, 291, 293, 294, 295, 341, 349, 350, 352, 355, 356, and 517. Sex, uh, sections dash 50, dash 13, dash 44, 45, 47, 82, 85, and 126. Sections dash, or sections 50, dash 14, dash 60, and 64. Sections 50-15-30, sections 50-16-262, 283, 
461, all to change the permissibility of motor vehicle sales and repair uses, including junkyards and towing service storage yards to implement a spacing requirement between such uses to redefine several motor vehicle repair uses and to update the use regulations for each uses laid on the table November 1st, 2022. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Member Durhaw. Move for discussion, Madam President. Okay, yes, discussion, Member Durhaw. Thank you, Madam President. As you see, that was a mouthful. Uh, we <laughs> summarized it uh, by listing the various sections, uh, but to sum it up for the public, uh, this ordinance uh, became necessary. If you remember back in 2019, uh, Mayor Duggan uh, implemented a moratorium relative to the expansion of auto-related uses here in the city of Detroit. This was because of the proliferation of auto-related uses, junkyards, scrap metal yards, and the such uh, in various districts uh, around the city. Uh, I know in my district particularly, uh, this has been a issue, whether it's environmental, uh, environmentally, uh, whether it is dealing with blight, uh, the storage of tires, uh, illegal dumping. Uh, and so instead of a moratorium, this puts teeth now into our ordinance, into our statute, changes the zoning laws relative to the expansion, uh, and defines what's conforming and non-conforming as well. There will be other bills that uh, will come, or other bills, there's my Lansing again, other ordinances that will come uh, in companion with this ordinance. Uh, however, this is necessary to put that strength in there, uh, and I would ask for my colleague's support uh, in regards to this zoning ordinance. Thank you, Madam President. All right. Thank you, Member Durhoff. Yes, Attorney Long. I want to ensure, Tanya Long from the Law Department, I want to ensure that on the record is that there's a reconciled ordinance that has been submitted to this body and to the clerk. I'd like to put on the record the reason for the, for the reconciliation, just to avoid any confusion with the public. That is that the, the market ordinance was drafted at the same time that this ordinance was originally drafted. The market ordinance has been enacted by this honorable body, but those revisions were not put into the document that was before you until it was a final document. Director Todd has submitted to you the updated version, what we call the reconciled version, which does not in any way change the ordinance regarding the zoning amendments that member Durhall has proffered, but does uh, reflect the language of the market ordinance so that when this is published in the legal news and becomes effective law in the city of Detroit, it will properly reflect the market ordinance that has already been enacted by this honorable body. Thank you. All right, thank you. And member Durhall, we do have the reconciled version before us and the clerk, you have that version as well. Okay. Yes. All right, any additional questions, comments regarding this ordinance? All right, thank you for your work uh, on this member Durhaw. So we can proceed moving this forward. Um, I think you are reading next, Member Durhaw. I move that the ordinance be placed on the order of third reading and be considered read. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Member Durhaw. I move the ordinance be passed as submitted. There being a roll call required, would the clerk please call the roll? Council President Sheffield? Yes. Council Member Benson? Yes. Council Member Durhaw? Yes. Councilmember Johnson? Yes. Councilmember Santiago Romero? Yes. Council President Pro Tem Tate? Yes. Councilmember Waters? Yes. Councilmember Whitfield Calloway? Yes. Councilmember Young? Yes. Nine yeas, zero nays. The ordinance is approved. Member Durhaw? 
Thank you, Madam President. I move the title to the ordinance be confirmed. Hearing no objection, that action will be taken. Thank you. From the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President. Um, who caught my... Yes, Director Todd. Thank you. Good morning to you and this honorable body. Uh, thank you for the, that action. We're also requesting a waiver on that item. All right. Thank you, Madam President. I request a labor, uh, waiver for line <laughs> items 19.2. 19 All right. Waiver has been requested. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Thank you. From the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are nine contracts up for a vote today from the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. All contracts are for housing and revitalization. First contract up is contract number 600-4046, grant funding. Amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for housing and financial counseling. Contract with CHN Housing Partners. Total contract amount, $370,459. Next contract is contract number 600-4588, ARPA funding, small business support, COVID-19 resource, amendment number one, to provide an amendment to the scope of services for support services and small business grants to small businesses affected by COVID-19. Contractors Detroit Economic Growth Association. Amended contract amount is zero. Next contract is contract number 600-3196. grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for housing and economic counseling services. Contractors U Snapback Inc. Total contract amount, $180,000. The next contract is contract number 600-3792, grant funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an, am an amendment to scope for training services. Contractor is Focus Hope, total contract amount, $77,945. Next contract is contract number 600-3922, city funding, grant funding, I'm sorry, amendment number three, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds to continue COVID shelter operations to individuals and families experiencing homelessness. Contractors Detroit Rescue Mission Ministries, total contract amount $1,536,336. Next contract is contract number 600-4931, city funding to provide property rehabilitation at the Bridging Neighborhoods property located at 14010 Pinewood. Contract is CTI, Contractor Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $136,950. Next contract is contract number 600-4876, ARPA funding to provide owners representative services to assist organizations reach ADA compliance. Contract is Decima, LLC. Total contract amount, $236,800. The next contract is contract number 600-4868, city funding to provide full renovations at the Bridging Neighborhoods properties located at 15246 Seymour and 13527 Fenelon. Contract is Joseph Contractor, Inc. Total contract amount, $263,890. And the last contract is contract number 600-4032, ARPA funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for additional maintenance and engineering support for the affordable housing navigation tool. Contractors Exegy Inc. Total contract amount, $1,814,300.
Council President Pro Tem Tate, nine resolutions, line items 19.3 through 19.11. Right, thank you, Pro Tem Tate. Thank you, Madam President. Move approval of line items 19.3 through 19.11, please. Right. Um, just discussion. Member Calloway. Um, yes, Madam Chair. Um, if you can show me as a no um, in opposition to contract um, 600-4931, line item 19-8, um, going to a company in White Lake, Michigan, I I'm not convinced that we couldn't find a, a local contractor to do this work. Um, and then also for line item 1911, um, same reasoning, contract 600-4032, and all these are um, Nine, line item 19.8 is city funding, and but then line item 1911 um, is ARPA funding, and that's going to a company in San Francisco, California. So um, just show me as a no um, on those two line items. And thank, thank you, you, Madam Chair. Yes, Dr. Powers. If I may, um, I, just, I, I just would say that um, certainly um, uh, um, Council Member Callaway should express her reasons why she objects to the contract during the discussion but wait for the actual vote later because of course as you well know i'm sure during the vote there is no debate right thank you thank you member calloway uh, member santiago ramiro thank you um madam president um just briefly in discussion i um have a few requests for um, line item 19.3 and 19.4, um, 19.3 being our contract with CHN Housing Partners and 19.4 working together with uh, DEGC. Wondering if we could have them come either periodically um, or um, give us an update for the public to know how many folks have been helped um, through CHN and then um, how many small businesses have also been supported? Um, I see us providing the resources, but I'm not really sure what's what's happening um, once we provide them, and I would uh, appreciate an update. I'm not sure if we can have that here, um, what you think is most appropriate, but I, I did um, have that request for 19.3, and 19.4. Yeah, we can have it in committee if uh, desired. Okay, that would be that would be great, and we can uh, we'll send you over um, this request as well. Uh, pro tem. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thank you. Um, any additional, just really quick, um, pro tem Tate or to the administration regarding the housing um, navigator tool. Um, I have not seen much publication as to what the website is for residents to actually locate um, these units. And so I'm not sure if we can mention what the website is, where is it being publicized at, are people actually utilizing the site? We get tons of calls about what housing is available. And so I'm not sure if people are aware that this is live and active and what the actual website is to find open affordable housing units throughout the city of Detroit. Uh, Mr. Washington. Excuse me, good morning, Madam Chair and Council. Um, we do have Rico Razo online who should be able to address. All right, we can just bring him over please.
<clears throat> he has been moved, moved over, Madam President. All right. Good morning, council members. Um, I may have missed the last part of the question. Yes, thank you for joining us. My uh, question is regarding contract line item 19.11 regarding the affordable housing navigation tool. If you can just speak to where we are to date, if this site is live, uh, what exactly is on the site, and if you can also tell the public what the website is so individuals who are looking for affordable units will know where to go. Madam Chair. Yes, Mr. Washington. Um, if I may, Keegan Mahoney is actually the one for this item. My apologies. No problem. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Keegan Mahoney, Program Director with the City's uh, Housing and Revitalization Department. Um, to the chair, the uh, website is homeconnect.detroitmi.gov. Uh, the website uh, uh, branded Detroit Home Connect is currently live. Uh, it currently features 160 affordable housing uh, developments uh, listed on the site. That number is uh, growing regularly. Um, we're uh, really excited about uh, rolling this out in a, in a, um, to the public um, in the, the first quarter of 2023. Uh, we have been doing a, a series of presentations to community organizations, uh, block clubs, um, uh, some of the district uh, uh, meetings, um, and, and getting the word out to residents, um, but looking to do a full marketing plan uh, to make the, the website resource and its resources uh, available and, and um, uh, visible to the public here in the first quarter of 2023. Again, that's homeconnect.detroitmi.gov. All right, thank you. And I don't see anything um, on the site that speaks to units that are available now. Um, is that correct? It's just things that are forthcoming um, starting in spring of 2023? Uh, so there's a, a section on the website when you first go to it that has the uh, the coming soon pipeline. These are projects that um, are uh, not uh, open yet, but will be opening soon. Um, as if you click uh, see all rentals, um, that allows uh, residents to filter uh, or search um, the the full uh, inventory of affordable housing units on the site. There are a range of uh, availability statuses currently listed. There are some that are currently available, uh, some that uh, have uh, wait lists that are open, um, and, and those get uh, updated by property managers uh, periodically. We do have a feature that allows residents to sign up for uh, email or SMS uh, notifications uh, so that they can get a direct notification uh, when uh, unit statuses change uh, that, that they may be eligible for. All right, uh, thank you for this. And I think um, uh, the public needs to be a little bit more aware of this site because oftentimes we see all the new developments that are taking place and people wanna know how they can get in. Um, and get access to those sites. And so I would love to work with you offline a little bit more on outreach on how we actually publicize the site so that people are aware of the affordable units that are available you? Uh, throughout the city. All right, I see a couple of hands. Uh, Member Waters, you were first. Mm -hmm. All right, so thank you, uh, Madam President. Um, I just have a question. I, um, 
<clears throat> you know, there's um, been a few of us who've been working on housing initiatives. And one of the things that we're supposed to be rolling out pretty soon is um, the call center uh, that would be located here uh, on the 12th floor where all of the housing issues will be coming into that particular department. So how does that work with, uh, with that rollout? I just kind of want to understand that. I, I'm not sure how the two of those are going to work together. Can you offer an explanation? Just something. Hello? Yes, I can't speak to the um, the status of the, the call center. We do uh, expect that this site will be used at, by uh, housing counselors and housing navigators uh, who are working with residents uh, who are uh, calling about uh, the desire for uh, regulated affordable housing um, and that this site would serve as an inventory and a place for those counselors uh, to work with uh, those residents to help find affordable housing, long-term affordable housing that, that suits their needs. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll get clear, uh, further clarification from, from that department. Thanks so much, Madam President. Thank you, Member Waters. Member Calloway? Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I have a question. It goes to what the Council President asked earlier. This contract was originally uh, for a contract period of November, tw November 2021 through November 2024. It's not really up and running. The public's not aware of it, according to what you just said. You haven't really rolled it out. What has been happening in the last two years? Because now the company is coming back, amendment number one, probably leading up to additional amendments, for an increase of $714,000, and it hasn't even been officially rolled out. Why the increase if it hasn't been officially rolled out? And our own council president was even aware of it. I saw her on her cell phone looking it up. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the, the um, through the chair, the increase is to uh, be, is for a, a change to the um, the structure of how the site will be maintained and the engineering and web design. Uh, we had originally when we put the contract together. Uh, in the fall of 2021, expected that um, we would bring on uh, a team of software engineers uh, using the ARPA dollars uh, to, uh, as employees of the city, uh, temporary administrative uh, special service employees. Um, as we've gotten gotten further into the project, uh, have realized that the uh, the labor market for the type of uh, software engineering uh, skill sets that we would need um, do not align with the uh, the budgeted amounts or the the current uh, competitive nature of of the labor market for those types of uh, of staff. So we are not increasing the overall cost of the. Um, the, the, the budget for the program. We are just shifting costs uh, from uh, some of the uh, engineering hirings that were uh, originally budgeted to be done in-house um, and are working with the, the firm, the uh, website design and engineering firm that we have been working with uh, for uh, just over a year um, so that the ongoing uh, maintenance and, and security and development of the site um, are, are done through that vendor. Member Calloway. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, are we talking about hiring Detroit engineers or 
engineers from San Francisco to manage this. I, I'm just not understanding. It hasn't been rolled out officially. You're back before this council for $714,000 increase for amendment number one. Do you anticipate an additional amendments and additional costs for this particular project? Because right now, I'm looking at it, and it's um, $1.8 million. We do not anticipate any additional amendments. Are we hiring Detroit engineers or engineers from San Francisco, sir? So this contract uh, amendment will uh, continue to utilize the uh, the software engineering team uh, with Exegy that is based in San Francisco. Madam Chair, I have another question. Do we have any Detroit-based engineers working on this? So if something happens with this particular company, we're just not left out there. Do we have any support systems with our own engineers to support this, this project? At this point in time, we are working exclusively with uh, the vendor to uh, design and implement the site. Um, throughout the project, we will be continuing to evaluate options for uh, increasing the uh, the portion of the work that is done by city staff uh, or potentially uh, uh, transitioning to a, a local firm. Uh, the firm uh, Exegy out of uh, San Francisco is a uh, specializes in affordable housing uh, uh, inventory management and, and search uh, web software. Um, so they are a very uh, uh, highly experienced in this particular niche of uh, affordable housing uh, listings. So we do anticipate once the heavy uh, design and engineering initial build of the website is complete, that we will be transitioning uh, to local uh, maintenance of the site, um, whether that be uh, by uh, city engineers long term or through a um, another uh, local firm that we identify. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, Member Young. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, good to see you, sir. Uh, always, a always a pleasure. Um, I just wanted to ask you, do we have, does this uh, tool include the vacancy and occupancy rate of a lot of these affordable houses? Affordable housing, excuse me. Yes, um, it does. Um, show the um the breakdown of units by uh whether they are uh vacant and immediately available or um whether there is a wait list for units um which uh the the reality is um the majority of regulated affordable housing um has uh lengthy wait lists um associated with them um it's just a as we all know the the demand for affordable housing is is extremely high um, so the the vacancy rate of the the um, the projects is tends to be uh, fairly low, um, though uh, units do have uh, regular availabilities um, that can be uh, filtered and searched uh, through the website for for website for residents who are looking for um, those uh, those shorter term opportunities. Now, is that just in certain areas, like in maybe in the neighborhoods, or is that across the entire city? Is that is, does that also include like the downtown area as well? That has those, those have those areas that are set aside that are deemed affordable. 
for uh, regulated affordable housing units, um, it's pretty universal um, if, if uh, across the city that uh, there is um, uh, uh, high demand, low low vacancy in the affordable housing uh, units. But you have that breakdown, like in the affordable locator, like it, it, like it, like do you have? Do you, I, mean, I know you have that breakdown in terms of like individually where I want to go. Do you have that breakdown also in terms of the entire city? Because that's the information uh, yeah, so I like to get too. Yeah, using the site can uh, use multiple filters. So if you are interested in a, a particular neighborhood or if you are interested in, uh, say, living um, in, in downtown or on the west side, you could set that as, as one of your preferences and then uh, further filter for um, uh, uh, current vacancies um, so that a, a resident can get a, uh, a look at all of the, um, the units that are in their desired geography that are uh, currently available. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've already sent, um, I will be sending a formal request just to get the information as well to the HRD department. But thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Madam President. That is my questioning. All right. Thank you. Um, I know you mentioned that it won't roll out until the first quarter of this year. I'm just trying to see if we were to postpone for one week, would that cause any delays uh, in your implementation of the rollout? Uh, to specify, um, the the website um, is is live. We have been uh, for the last uh, six months or so um, uh, going to uh, housing uh, service providers. Um, we've presented at a few of the uh, district meetings. Um, have presented it to a number of uh, community groups and um, and and public forums. We continue to, uh, when a affordable housing uh, development is announced, um, use our uh, various uh, uh, social media platforms uh, within the city to uh, uh, highlight those affordable housing developments uh, uh, profiles on the site. Um, I uh, should clarify that that we have been doing. Uh, um, a lot of communication about the site. We're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of activity on the site, um, and uh, what we're uh, doing here in the the first quarter of 2023 is a more aggressive marketing campaign to to um, to uh, highlight the uh, a visit the visibility of the site more broadly. Um, the delay there was really you know as we were continuing to work with property managers to uh, put their information on the site and to do that quality control um, and making sure that the all of the the features that um, that we heard from residents through all of our uh, design and engagement sessions uh, that were done during the first half of 2022, um, making sure that that those features and and those uh, um, uh, preferences that residents express were fully incorporated into the site and tested. And, and we start to see, uh, make sure that everything's working as designed uh, before doing that uh, full public rollout. So um, did, did want to clarify that that we are um, very much live and active on this um, and just uh, uh, increasing the visibility here in the first quarter of 2023. All right, thank you. Um, I still have additional concerns about the website. Um, I, I don't want to hold it because I know how important uh, affordable housing is and whatever resources we have to allow for individuals to access what is available. I do not want to hinder that. Um, but I do see a lot of pointing back to city stuff um, on this site. And so I'm not sure um, the cost to me, um, understanding the total cost and what this site is actually providing. Still have some questions. So I will work with you offline um, on my concerns and also the engagement um, and rollout. 
continued rollout of this particular site. So thank you for being here. Thank you for answering our questions. Um, colleagues, is there any additional questions or comments on these particular contracts? All right. Hearing none, Pro Tem Tate has already moved these for approval. Are there any objections to the nine resolutions? Objection. All right. Member Calloway, which line items? Um, line item, um, as indicated earlier, 19.8, contract number 600-4931, and line item 1911, contract 600-4032. Thank you, Madam Chair. Any other objections? Hearing none, those nine resolutions will be approved. Madam President? Yes, Pro Tem. <clears throat> request for a waiver for line items 19.4, 19.8, and 19.10, please. All right, a waiver has been requested. Any objections? Objection. To all of them or? 19.8, ma'am. Right. Thank you. So, Mr. Clerk, do you have the other waivers? Clerk will so no, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, Member Benson. Request a waiver on line item 19.5. 19.5, a waiver has been requested. Are there any objections? All right, hearing none, that motion is approved. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 19.12. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval, line item 19.12. Motion has been made for approval. This is the acceptance of a uh, tactical preservation design grant. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, an introduction of an ordinance, line item 19.13. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, I move that the ordinance be read twice by title, ordered printed, and laid on the table. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution setting a public hearing, line item 19.14. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, Madam President, I move that the uh, ordinance be read twice by title or printed and laid on the table. Public hearing. Oh, 14. I'm sorry. My apologies. Went That's to 15. I move approval, Madam President, line item 19.14. All right. And this is a setting of a public hearing for a date to be determined. Yes, ma'am. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that resolution will be approved from the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, an introduction of an ordinance, line item 19.15. Pro Tem Tate. Now we get to it. Thank you. Uh, I move that the ordinance be read twice by title, ordered printed, and laid on the table. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken from the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution setting a public hearing, line item 19.16. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval for line item 19.16 for a date to be determined. Hearing no objections, that resolution will be approved for the scheduling of a public hearing. From the Housing and Revitalization Department. Madam President, the clerk's office would like to note that line item 19.17 is listed on the agenda under Legislative Policy Division. However, it should be Housing and Revitalization. At the time that this was printed, we did not have the resolution, but the resolution has been added to um, e-scribe as well as passed out to all council members. 
Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 19.17. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval of line item 19.17. All right, motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved from the Planning and Development Department. Council President Pro Tem Tate, nine resolutions, line items 19.18 through 19.26. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move to discuss line item 19.25, please. All right, discussion. Thank you. Yep, so I did receive a request from uh, Member Johnson, who since she indicated she had some additional questions for uh, th on that particular property sale, so I would like to move to uh, send line item 19.25 back to committee, please. All right. Uh, motion has been made to send that line item to committee. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam President. Move approval of the, uh, the remaining line items mentioned by, by the clerk. All right. Motion has been made for approval for various land sales. Any objections? Hearing none, the eight resolutions will be approved. Thank you. Right. Madam, Pre uh, Madam President, request a waiver for 19.18, 19.21, and 19.22. All right, motion has been made, and these are uh, various property sales. Any objection to a waiver? Hearing none, that action will be taken. Under the consent agenda. There are no items, Madam President. All right. Um, before we move to member reports, um, Mr. Whitaker, I just wanted to call attention to the Auditor General's uh, appointment that will be expiring on February the 21st of this year. And so if you can just speak to the process that needs to take place and what council needs to do to make sure that we are following the proper protocols and procedures to um, find a replacement, or not a replacement, but our next Auditor General. Yes, Madam President. Uh, we sent a brief um, memo around, I think Friday, uh, to your office. I don't know if you shared it with your colleagues or not, but as you've indicated, the Auditor General's appointment expires. He has a 10-year appointment that began 10 years ago on February uh, 21st, as you've indicated. Um, the appointment expires on that date, and he cannot act beyond um, that, point, that point. So after the 21st of February, um, the deputy would assume the role until a new um, uh, AG is appointed. Council is free to select whatever process you've uh, you come up with. You simply need to let uh, LPD know, and we will put it in effect. In years past, there was po there was posting for those positions. Um, there was a um, a brief assessment of what that job entails based on what the language is provided in the in the charter. Uh, we would circulate that. Uh, on the city's website, and in, and we have in the past circulated it to a number of uh, professional organizations that 
um, would uh, have necessary qualifications. The only qualification that's really necessary uh, is a, the person has to be a certified public accountant according to the, to the charter. We would circulate that to any publications that the council desired to have it posted. It is not necessary for a council to undertake that, however. Council is free to appoint within the uh, AG's office if there are such people in the office who meet that qualification. So you don't have to undertake. That's why we didn't suggest anything, because it's really up for council. And uh, you have qualified people in the AG's office already, and I don't know whether or not you elect to do that. Certainly, there's a short time period open for, for posting now. This is the 17th of January. You have until the 21st, really, to have that without suffering a gap in the appointment. As I indicated, the appointment is a 10-year appointment, so for it, the term would run from the date of the appointment 10 years out. And uh, removing uh, uh, a uh, AG requires cause. So you should be careful in the person that you select mm -hmm. because you would take cause to remove the person. All right, so I just wanted um, my colleagues to be made aware um, so that it is a collective decision on how we would like to move forward with the uh, selection of our Auditor General. Um, is there any discussion, any recommendations? If not, then I can request that LPD submit a resolution to Council with a, pro a formal process. Um, and at that time, if there's any uh, recommendations or, um, you know, edits to the resolution at that time, we can take that up then as well. But I wanted to have an open discussion to allow members to make recommendations or if you have any um, thoughts on the process of our selection of our Auditor General. I have a question, Madam Chair. Yes. Real quick, um, it's a 10-year appointment and the current um, Auditor General, his appointment is up when? When does it expire? Madam President, February the 21st of this year. Okay, and you're through the chair, and Mr. Whitaker, you're saying we have what window of time to post the position? Well, you have until you have until uh, February 21st. If you don't want to go into a lapsed uh, situation where there is no one in the office, you'd have to complete the process by February 21st. So posting would would be immediate. You would let us know, and we would undertake uh, the necessary posting. What my, my comments were is that you are, it is a short window now because it is January 17th now that you would be letting us know. Madam Chair, and yes. to that point, it would have been great to have gotten that, the information that you're providing now, Mr. Whitaker, earlier. So, um, you know, we wouldn't be, I don't believe we're, I'm kind of feeling we're behind the eight ball, not necessarily saying that we are, but whose responsibility was, is it or was it to notify this honorable body in more ample time, give us more opportunity to, to, to take, you know, to do our due diligence? Because now I'm feeling, you know, pressure. Mr. Through the chair, Mr. Whitaker. We did inform the council president's office of this some time ago. All right, so this, this is dated January 13th, um, what I have in front of me, which talks about the Auditor General's term, which was Friday. 
Um, and so we're here today. We have two options in front of us, one of which, as Mr. Whitaker stated, we can look within the department now for qualified individuals, or we can take the necessary uh, four weeks or so, three and a half weeks, four weeks, to advertise um, for additional candidates. And so we don't have to have the full discussion here at the table. I will get with each of your um, offices if you all have recommendations on which way to proceed. Um, but we would like to make a decision um, by next formal session so that we can have a formal resolution to be voted on. Yes. Yeah. Could, I mean, since time is of the essence, could we today just decide that we should go ahead and allow them to post it? Yes. And That's if, the will if the, of the body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because time is of the essence. And so um, if they could go ahead and post that today, mm -hmm. if anybody has any recommendations, they can, you know, of course, ask uh, them to submit their recommendations, but I think they should. We we should give them permission today to post. Mr. Whitaker, do you need a formal resolution? Draft? I think your word is okay. is good today. We take that and go about posting uh, the opening at the uh, in the in the locations that we have previously uh, done when the when this matter has come up in the past. All right, Madam Chair, um, and so we could. You know, make sure that's the will of the entire body to move forward with um, discussion still. Yes, Member Calloway. Um, and, and thank you, Madam Chair. I'd like to know where um, the position will be posted, what platforms you are posting on, Mr. Whitaker, because some, maybe some of my colleagues and myself may have some additional platforms that we'd like that position to be posted on. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Whitaker. Madam President. Yes. We will certainly circulate whatever we have to the body. I'll walk the floor and everyone will have an opportunity to give their input before it goes anywhere. Right. What's listed here, you do talk about the city's website, local newspapers, professional trade publications, and online employment search engines right. as all of the possible options in addition to if you have any additional. Yes, Member Waters. Thank you, Madam President. I, I just want to do this in, in the form of a motion um, just so that it's official. Uh, motion to um, have LPD, whoever is responsible for posting the position, be posted as soon as possible. That's my motion. All right. Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Discussion. Still discussion on the table? Yes. Yep. Quick, tape. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, through you to Mr. Whitaker, uh, it was outlined that we had two different options that we could utilize. Uh, I am in support of posting ASAP to make sure that we get you know as many folks as we can, uh, qualified folks, um, interested in this post. But this, the first option indicated looking within the department itself. Uh, does it is if we go forward with posting, does it prohibit us from still looking within the department and potentially even halting the process uh, in advance of it being completed? Now that we are voting to post it. Madam President, yes, you can uh, uh, abort. I mean, by posting, it doesn't obligate you to to consider anyone who may who may um, put in an application th through that route. It just gives, as you've indicated, a, a wider array of, of candidates to choose from. If you decide, however, uh, to uh, just simply select within the department, that you're free to do that. And that's while the post is, is still active. If we decide to, we can turn, I just want to make sure, we can turn 
our, uh, completely change our process from posting to pausing that and hiring someone from within the department or appointing someone, excuse me. Yeah, it's just, I would assume that, that uh, Madam President, that if you post, it wouldn't prohibit someone in the department from, from uh, you know, putting in their request for the position. And if you elect after getting the applications to simply appoint that person, you're free to do that. So that's what I was saying, though. But if, if you're, would the recommend, recommendation be to wait until, in the event we identify someone within the department, wait until the application uh, submission period has ended? Madam President, mm -hmm. as, I, as, I, as I am indicating, you're free to do whatever you want to do. Certainly, waiting, if you, if you put out a formal process, then you're, in, you're indicating in that process uh, the, the manner in which you're going about selecting. So certainly, uh, if you, you, but you're not doing that by resolution. You're indicating that you, you're giving uh, LPD an opportunity to put put together a posting, and after getting the posting, certainly as I as I've indicated, we will circulate whatever we do to your offices so you have input. But whatever is issued uh, from the office, whatever posting you select, if you uh, after, you know, I certainly would 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 suggest waiting to the to the post end so you so that you're not putting any false information out there. But after it ends, you're free to, to determine going from there how you elect to select uh, the candidate of your choice, that that was whether awesome. it's through, through someone who submitted through posting or someone internal. Thank you. Uh, Madam President. Thank you. Yes, Member yeah. Waters. I, I think this is sounding a bit complicated, but it's, it's really not. Um, if we, um, once we post a position, people externally and internally will be able to apply for the position and we could interview accordingly. Right. That would be for everybody across the board. And that's a clarification for the general public that's listening so that they they will understand. Right. All right thank you. And, and Mr. Whitaker, just to be clear, the appointment is not made by the 21st. The deputy auditor general would serve as the auditor general until a selection is made. Right. Okay, right. so we will still be okay if we're, you know, a couple of days or a week behind in our selection process. Right. Our deputy will serve as the current auditor general. But I would encourage you not to get it done before, for get sure. Get it done before. Um, when is the cutoff for our application process? Well, I would say, uh, you know, two weeks from the date that, was, that, that uh, the notice goes out, we will undertake to get the notice out ASAP. Okay. So if we could do it today, we will do it today. Okay. But but two weeks from the day is noticed. So uh, you would have it within the time period, and you can you would have a, a several a couple of weeks in order to determine your selection, whether or not you choose to interview within that time or simply make a selection. Okay. Madam Chair. Um, yes, Member Calloway followed yes. by Member Young. Thank you, Madam Chair. Okay, so my question is, what can we put in place um, in terms of notification? Because Council President just said that she didn't receive notification from your office until January 13th. Today, I do believe is what, the 17th? This is a 10-year appointment, Mr. Whitaker. Why didn't we get more advance notice? How do we pre 
prevent this from happening because a 10-year appointment, today is the 17th, we have to have the decision made by February 21st. We're already in probably budget mode, at least in my head I am. So the courtesy to, to all of us, it went to the council president, but we're just hearing about it now. And that, you know, she didn't get it, I guess, until Friday. Thursday, Friday, it's Monday the 17th. Now we're being rushed. I feel rushed. This is a very serious hiring decision, a 10-year position. But we have less than a month to turn everything around. What can we do to prevent this, Mr. Whitaker, through the chair, Mr. Whitaker? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I, I know that uh, we have discussed the the appointment. The ten-year appointment is is something that we have, you know, in the the um, the ending of his appointment has been discussed. It may not have been discussed fully at the table, but we have discussed it. And I I think in the future we will raise it sooner through a memo to the council. There are other appointments similar to this. So the inspector general will come up shortly. Within two years, the inspector general will have uh, their appointment in. It's a six-year term. And in the future, we can, we can advertise it at the table. So thank you. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. And thank you, Mr. Whitaker. Just advanced notification. I, I, I don't think any of us, I mean, maybe some of us operate really well under pressure. I do not. I like advanced notification so I can ponder it, pray about it, think about it. Um, we can discuss it. We can and, and not be rushed. I just feel rushed with a 10-year appointment um, and having to post it. Sometimes, you know, you don't, you know, when you post it on LinkedIn or all these other sites for job opportunities and job postings, you know, it takes a while. So I'm thanking you for understanding and agreeing with us that we need agreeing with me that we need more advanced notification and all the other lengthy appointments like that, 10-year, 5-year, 6-year. I would respectfully request, I don't know if it goes in a resolution or whatever, but um, that we get more advanced notification because it's just, it's, it's just pressure that I'm feeling right now unnecessarily so. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Whitaker. Thank you, Madam President. And, you know, as I believe that, you know, we should have, also have had a larger conversation about this position as well, but I certainly don't want to put this at the feet of LPD uh, solely. Uh, we are council members. We are the ones who are elected. Uh, whether LPD goes through each and every document or not, ultimately it is our vote that has to be on the record. Uh, I do believe that uh, when we start talking about a 10-year position, everybody in here should know when that position is, is wrapping up, at least a year. So, uh, you know, Again, I certainly would like to have additional conversation, notification, more pointed in advance, but I'm not one that wants to put this solely at the feet of LPD of notifying us. We all have staff. Uh, we all are elected officials who know when a 10-year, at least the year of a 10-year term expires, and I think there has to be more uh, responsibility on all of us to ensure that we're aware of these particular days. I know for a fact that uh, Ms. Barcliffe sends to our offices um, the, the, the report on uh, vacancies, uh, and we receive those. Um, so I don't want to negate the fact that we do get notified uh, multiple times about these uh, potential vacancies. Uh, I just never want 
this all to be shouldered uh, on behalf of LPD when we all have a responsibility to ensure that we are aware of uh, these particular vacancies. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. Uh, Member Waters. Thank you, uh, Madam President. Just quickly, um, that can be placed into our rules, right, With, that we want a year's notification um, for such appointments. I'd, I'd like to see um, that happen, at least we know a year in advance, because I do believe that we're coming up on the 10th year for the ombudsman's position, too. If I think about when that appointment was actually made, so 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 that's another one, um, members that that we will have to address. And for this position, while my while I'm still talking, I'd like to just have that uh, job posting, say in JPEG or something, so that I can I can post it on on my social media platform. If that's okay with you, Madam, Madam President. Thank you, Madam President. Yes. I don't know the date. But the year, I think, is 2025 for the ombudsman. So you have time. And certainly, if you want us to draft language for, for consideration for inclusion in your rules, we'd be happy to do that. And, uh, you know, if you, if you like it, we can, we can simply write the dates of the latest appointments uh, and circulate that for your consideration. Thank you. Um, Member Young. Thank you, Madam President. Um, talk to me a little bit about the notification process um, in terms of um, who we reach out to um, in terms of um, making, letting people know that this job is available. Do we reach out to the local government auditors association at all? Um, I, in the past, I don't think we did. I don't think they were on the list of uh, of folks that we sent the notice to, but we'd be happy if that's what you would like. We'd be happy to do that. Have we reached out to uh, the business community as well? As well, and I mean by that, to a small um, like the National League or uh, the Detroit Metro um, Business Alliance. As I as I indicated, I think uh, I don't have the, the communication today. Okay, that we forwarded to the council president. Okay, but, but we we listed. The, the groups that we sent the last communication out to. Okay. But if you have other organizations you'd like us to send it to, we'd be happy to, to cast in that as broadly or as narrowly as the council desires. So basically what you're saying is you're open to like right. spread out as much. Oh, okay, so it's, we, so it's not set follow, in stone. We're going to follow whatever you ask us okay. to do. Well, that, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to test the waters. Was this a set in stone process, or are you open to expand it? Or, but okay, okay, no problem. I look, for, I look forward to working with you then. Thank you. I'm done. Thank uh, you. I'm done. Thank you. And Mr. Whitaker, the um, memo that you're referencing, it, it's addressed to the entire city council, not just council president. So I just want to be clear, if you could go ahead and make sure that's distributed to every council member. Okay. I'm not sure if you're saying I'm not sure this, if it was or not, yeah, to be honest not, with you. It was to the honorable council. It wasn't just addressed to council president's office. Okay. All right. Um, so if we could just make sure on the record that everyone does get a copy. The one that you sent out to. Friday. We'd be happy to send. Member Durha. Uh, thank you, Madam President. And I, and I just wanted to inquire: Is there there's somewhere on the site where you can find a list of the terms on, on some website that we have where you can find when terms have started and when they expire? Correct, Mr. Whitaker. I don't know. It wouldn't be on our site. But, but on let's just. Say, I, I would assume that it ought to be on 
on the site of of the individual appointment. In other words, Auditor General, Ombudsman, Inspector General, uh, terms that are limited uh, in duration by either uh, code or charter language. It should be reflected. Certainly, the clerk should have a copy of, of the appointments because they all have to have, uh, they have to be sworn and they have to have appointment letters. So, um, the, the information is available to anyone in the city through the clerk's office for sure, but I would expect uh, online as well. But it wouldn't be, it, it's not anything that LPD would control. Right, and, and, and I know I wasn't insinuating that I think that information is on LPD site, but the particular sites for each whatever appointment that be, whether it's Auditor General, Solicitor, whatever it is. Yeah, it should uh, be. It should be reflected on their individual sites, uh, correct? So, uh, and, and, I mean, from from our knowledge, or and that would be good. So the you know right. public can have access to that as well. And then obviously, maybe I'm just a bit you know spoiled because we see Mr. Lockridge obviously in BFA all the time. But I remember having conversations of him even stating that this position was going to end uh, this year, and this was his last year. Whether that was earlier this summer, uh, we had an opportunity to have that discussion with him. Madam President, yes, I don't think he's anxious to go. No, mm -hmm. but he has been indicating for quite some time that the end of February he was out of here. <laughs> he he has been indicated that quite publicly, and as a matter of fact, he urged us to send a letter we sent Friday. Okay, he did. Right. So, um, I don't know if that does it, but. I have, I have nothing further. I just wanted to know if that information was available to us and the public. Uh, and then I'll follow up with certain departments and do our own research as well for their websites. And if not, urge them to include that information. Madam President. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Member Darhaw. I, I did not indicate, but the BZA director, the Board of Zoning Appeals, is also termed. Uh, although the Board of, of Zoning Appeals, his office, he can repeat. Uh, he can he can serve multiple terms. The others have to be replaced. All right, thank you. And I know that um, Ms. Barcliffe typically sends over a list of all of the city council appointments with the expiration dates as well. And I, I, I'm not sure, Member Johnson, if they're forwarded also to your committee as well, but we will make sure that um, it is submitted again and we'll put an re official request in that that be submitted uh, to this body and also to the Internal Operations Committee. Yes. Just to clarify, her report normally wouldn't just include. Just boards? Yeah, it was just okay. boards and commissions. Well, I know moving forward, it should just We'd include be happy all of them to because ultimately this. they still have to go through an interview process that right. takes place in a committee as well. We'd be happy to include those. All right. So Member Waters has made, made the motion to start with the publication of this particular position for the Auditor General. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that motion is approved, and we will move forward with that process. Thank you. All right, we can now move on to member reports, if there is a willing to have them. All right. To motion to suspend. Okay. Any objections? Pro Tem, Council did you? Member Pro Tem, Pro Tem, did you want to? Did you have something you wanted to share? Go ahead. If I just wanted to. to to thank the, um, while we were having this meeting, 
of the police department was holding a press conference where they were announcing the uh, suspect who was arrested for the murder of uh, Tracy Golden, mm -hmm. a neighbor of mine, lived in uh, District 1 in uh, Grandmont Rosedale area. Just want to thank the police department uh, and the members of this community who uh, worked steadfast in doing everything they could to bring this particular person into custody. I'm hopeful that this is, you know, through the adjudication process, the individual who actually committed the crime, so we can, again, help bring some closure to that particular family. But it was a very sad situation. Um, and even when we look at the suspect, it's a very sad situation. This is a young man whose life is potentially ruined. Uh, those around him are, are challenged as well. Uh, so I just ask, again, that we uh, do everything we can as a community to wrap our arms around not just this issue of gun violence, but mental health, about the uh, issues of trauma. And I don't want to try to label anything that I don't know about this individual, but what I do know is that when you decide uh, to shoot someone in cold blood uh, over their possessions at a, at a store, uh, that, that's not normal. And, and there's a, some type of deprogramming that has to happen. Um, but it, all that said, again, I just want to thank all those who ensured that the attention on this case was where it should have been in helping to uh, provide some healing to the family. Uh, Ms. Tracy Golden had her home going this past Friday. Um, so again, just our hearts um, certainly go out to that family as well as they continue to heal. It just that one touched a lot of people and it hurts still hurts today to this point um, so that that's my my comment there but my, my other comment uh, is regarding the uh, city council districts and I know that every ten years I believe we're supposed to redistrict uh, to balance and right size uh, where we are I don't think we've had a formal uh, uh, in-person public conversation about where that process is um, so I through you, Madam President, that we can get some uh, comments from LPD on where that process is, because I know we're about at that mark now. Thank you. I think, I think we both might have comments. We are, we're fully, Madam President, we're fully aware of the need to do uh, redistricting again. And uh, one of the problems that we're, we're having is that the numbers you may talk about it. The numbers that we uh, we have to work at regarding the census data has been somewhat up in the air, and we want that to settle before we go about uh, putting together a district. Our, we have mapped it out and determined that if we began sometime in March, really right after the budget sort of settles, that we will be fine. And I know we've been in communication with law on this as well, so we're fully aware of the need to be ahead of, long ahead of the election to determine council district seats. But we will, we will prepare a document for your consideration in the coming months and, and lay out a timetable and give you some indication as, as to what we see the process looking like, but we're well aware of this, and uh, I apologize for not letting you know, but we've been talking internally about this at the appropriate time to come forward 
with information regarding redistricting. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you again, Madam President. Uh, as Mr. Whitaker indicated, we have been looking at the matter. Certainly we are were, were aware, given the fact that uh, the previous election uh, did have uh, state house uh, and Senate seats uh, and others uh, on it. So therefore, they were required to go about their redistricting process. But since your election is not for another two years, we are not under the same, we were, we were not under the same pressure. Uh, again, as Mr. Whitaker said, we have been working with law and we have reviewed the districts as they sit today. We've reviewed the adjustments that have been made by the clerk's office relative to those other offices. And uh, we will be prepared once everything is finalized to come, with, come before you uh, with our analysis. Again, the one thing that is somewhat troubling is that since we have challenged those numbers, um, uh, as a city, we're not exactly sure what bearing that will have, so we're looking to get that answer from law department as well. Thank you, Director Todd. So, so, so we're saying that the the goalpost, if you will, would, would be the next election, not necessarily any codified timeline in our charter or state constitution, or anything like that. Th or that, what that the people voted for. I'm sorry. Essentially, that is correct. There's nothing in the charter that speaks to it. There's nothing in state law that provides specific date. It does provide the parameters. And we've worked with law uh, so that you be well in advance of that. The key thing is making sure that you have the information in enough time to ensure that you have residency in the district that you plan to run in, particularly if the lines do shift and we do anticipate some minor shifts uh, between the districts, again, because of the way in which the voting precincts uh, have already been adjusted. Uh, but so far, again, we're seeing minor changes. But the idea to uh, your point, uh, Council President Pro Tem, is to actually come forward with a process mm -hmm. that will be lined out in the document uh, as that Mr. Whitaker referenced, uh, again, that we're working, at, uh, working on with law departments so that could be adopted and it can be a known process. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Madam President. We, ju we just want to give you as much advance notice as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Mine is not regarding the district. Member Calloway? Yeah, this is not um, a member's report, but it, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge um, our Founders Day Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, founded on the campus of Howard University, January 15, 1908, 115 years of uninterrupted service to all mankind. So happy Founders Day to all of my sorority sisters. Thank you very much, Madam Chair. Thank you. Member Waters. Um, thank you, and um, happy Founders Day to everybody. Um, um, thank uh, Member Tate, um, thank you so much for um, your comments regarding the Golden family. Um, I did attend that service on Friday. Um, Madam President, you were represented there. You had someone there. It was near and dear to my heart for a couple of reasons. One is that um, um, Tracy's mom is, is a former member of Sisters Network. In fact, she's one of the founding members of Sisters Network, uh, Cassandra Woods. And you also might remember that Cassandra Woods 
was the office director for Carl Levin for a number of years. And so so I've known had known Tracy's mom for a very long time and Tracy used to sometimes come to some of the uh, meetings uh, with her mom. Um, so, and her mom preceded her in death. So, but um, I just wanted to, um, to share that, Madam President. Thank you. Thank you. All right, anything additional since we kind of opened it up for member reports? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, hearing none, I, I just want to really quick mention, I want to thank all of my colleagues who did already submit their reparation task force uh, recommendations um, and just encourage the additional members to please submit. Um, several members have already submitted. I know Member Johnson hopefully will be scheduling those interviews soon. Um, the community is excited about getting that task force seated. I think the goal is to try to have it Interviews done and seated by the end of February, hopefully. But thank you to um, the colleagues who have submitted their uh, nominees. I'm not gonna put them out like. <laughs> I, I want to know if I have it. Member Waters has submitted hers. Okay, thank you. Yes. So Tim Tate has. Member Benson has. Johnson. I'm not sure, but everyone, I'm sure, will submit them. We appreciate everyone's um, support on this. And thank you. All right. All right. Thank you all. So that is it for member reports under adoption without committee reference. There are no items, Madam President. Under communications from the clerk. A report on approval proceedings by the mayor. The report will be received and placed on file under testimonial resolutions and special privilege. Councilmember Benson, a resolution line item 24.1. Councilmember Benson. For Henry Hall, Jr. Henry Hall, Jr., testimonial resolution. Motion. All right. Motion has been made for approval. Hearing no objections, that resolution will be approved. Really quick, before we adjourn, we are going to schedule our first formal session in the Irma Henderson Auditorium for uh, the 31st of this month. And so stay tuned for that. But just as an opportunity for us to go in there and conduct business, we will host, hopefully host our first uh, formal session on the 31st of this month. All right, with that being said, there is no further business to come before this body. Is there a motion to adjourn? All right, the meeting is adjourned.